Hello, friends. I'm so glad that you found me. My name is Brandon D. But in the social media world, you know me as Mr. Gratitude. If you need help mending that broken heart, if you need help in your relationship, maybe you need some life motivation, or maybe you're one of those people that you think about things and you're just afraid to talk about them, you're in the right place. I'm so glad that you found me. This is Living with Gratitude Podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I need you to stop right now. Download this podcast, subscribe, spread it to your friends like wildfire. Make sure everyone you know listens to this podcast. Go leave five-star review in iTunes and Spotify because I don't ask you guys for anything, but I do need this. Also, if you're like me, I drink a ton of water. I'm in Arizona. I'm in the hottest spot in the country. I'm in the Phoenix area. You guys see me in my content a lot. I'm pounding water. And I'm always staying hydrated. Well, now, thecoldestwater.com. Go check out thecoldestwater.com. Their jugs are amazing. Their jugs will keep your drink colder than anything else out there. They keep it cold for 36 plus hours. And if you're in extreme cold, it will actually keep that drink warm for up to, if not more than 13 hours. What's really cool is if you have been in the pool and you've dropped your jugs before, they sink to the bottom, you got to go to the bottom and pick it up. Or maybe you're out on a boat. Maybe you're out on a boat, you drop it out in the lake, in the ocean, and now your jug's gone. You just spent 50, 60, 100 bucks on this jug and now it's at the bottom of the ocean. Thecoldestwater.com, these jugs actually float so it's going to help you out. These products are fantastic, you guys. Not only do they have the best jugs on the planet, they also offer ice chest coolers, ice packs. And for my coffee lovers, they even have coffee. Use promo code Mr. Gratitude to receive 10% off your entire order. Thecoldestwater.com. Go check them out. Get that 10% off. Use Mr. Gratitude. And here we go with tonight's episode. Tonight on Living with Gratitude, I am going to have certified sex therapist Lindsay Walden with me on the show. She is returning for round two. She has been with me before. Super fantastic lady. I look forward to bantering for the next 30 to 45 minutes with her. If any of you are struggling with intimacy issues, sexuality, how to please yourself, the taboo, we're going to rock it in this episode. You won't want to miss it. You know what to do. Here we go. Well, friends, it is Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means it is time for a new episode of Living with Gratitude. And tonight, I have a special guest returning, Miss Lindsay Walden. She's awesome. She's a certified sex therapist. She's chatted with me before. Lindsay, my friend, how are you? How are you? Well, you know, it never changes. Everybody gives me a hard time because I always say I'm blessed and it never changes, but it's a true story. Good day, bad day, always blessed. 
Hey, I hear you. Nothing wrong with that. And seriously, thank you for asking me to come back on. I, I got your message and I was like, oh, I do like a little, a little happy dance. I was like, you know, I feel like for me, it's like the best compliment when somebody says, hey, you've been on once. Do you want to come back on? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. So thank you. No, the pleasure is mine. I, I'm telling you, we had great conversation. Uh, a lot of things we didn't get to discuss in the first round. So I'm going to call this round two. Uh, there's okay. always, when it comes to you know, physical connection and intimacy. I don't think that you could ever end that. There's, there's so much conversations that happen. So many of my clients, so many of my following that comes to me with intimacy questions and, you know, being on social media, some of that stuff is hard to address without violating community guidelines. So now, you know, now, now we're in open forum. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I wanted to bring you back. Cool. Well, yeah. And I totally get that. There's all of these thoughts I have about like, wait, can I say that here? Can I not like on the podcast? I can, but like on social media, that's hard sometimes because you don't want to violate anything. And then nobody sees your content. That doesn't help anything, you know? Right. It's, it's mind boggling how, if, if somebody was beating the crap out of somebody or showing something negative, it's like, hurrah, we're good with that. But the moment you want to help people and educate people on their sexuality or physical intimacy or mental health, oh, it's the end of the world. Oh, it's the end of the world. You're done. Right, right. It's yeah. twisted. It is. It's very interesting. It's like, you know, even sometimes depending on, you know, what you post and maybe it's not even of a sexual nature. I'm just posting like more therapy content or coaching content of some sort. Sometimes I'll notice that certain things not get flagged, like in a, they get taken down, but they don't get shown to very many people. And I'm like, come on, like that was like a golden nugget. Like, let's get that to the right people. You know? Yeah. I'm sure you experienced that as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like, bring it back. Like we got to, the whole, what is it that people are saying? Uh, normalizing. We need to yeah. like get, get back to that standpoint. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's mind boggling. So such a small world. I have to tell you, I, I had a client that I had not seen in quite a while come back to see me and goes, Hey, I got to tell you, I heard you on Mr. Gratitude's podcast. And I'm no like, way. what a small world. That is so yeah. funny. Like, you know, someone that I've worked with off and on over the years happened to hear me on your podcast, follows you on social media. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. That that's kind of fun. I'd like, it made it full circle. It, it, it truly is such a small world. And I had, um, uh, uh, Meg, Meg, Meg Bernard. Um, she, she's a, she does life coaching and stuff as well. And she was on the show recently and she reached out and she said, Brandon, like, uh, another client or somebody that follows you, I got a new client out of it. And I was like, Hey, like that, that's, it, it truly is such a small world. You gotta be, and I'm not saying obviously anything in our context, but People need to realize that don't badmouth other people. Like so many people can help you out in this world and elevate you and praise you. Just like this instance here, like, hey, we're 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 not enemies. Like people don't realize. Like, and and today, I don't know if you saw the content. I had a um a troll try and attack me uh, because me being a consultant and legally, I can't say that I'm a therapist. They, you know, some people are, well, how do you do what you do without going to school? And I'm like, you got to educate yourself because I operate legally. When somebody meets with me, they sign a confidentiality agreement. They sign a release of liability, just like a therapist does. But I can't legally say that I'm a therapist because I don't have that certification. I didn't go to school for it. End of story. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah. And, you know, it is interesting. Like, what do you want to like what we would call those people, like the content police or something you know, <laughs> where it's like they want to like, you know, get all up in your business of like, are you are you ethical? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I will I will say that there are unfortunately some dishonest people out there, there that sometimes take advantage of vulnerable, you know, people looking for help. But I think as long as we're being very clear about what services we do and don't provide and not operating outside of the scope of what we do know about, then I think that's really the big key. The other key is, do you get your clients results? And if you do, Amen. people are willing to come talk to you about it, you know, because people aren't going to come back if they don't get benefit. Well, and it's also okay to know that not everyone is your audience, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you clearly have a following of people that really do get value from what you put out there. And I see your stuff pop up on my For You page and I'm like, yeah, right on, man. Like, let's go with that. Like, and we're not coming at it from the same perspective, but we have similar ideas, you know, yeah. and we both work with relationships in our own kind of way. And there's quite a few things that I'm like, man, that was a good way to say that. Like, yeah, that's right on. Like that, that's what we're, that's what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and we've got to, we've got to empower uh, mm-hmm. each other. You know, I talk about this time and time again, not just in our field, but just in general, men, women, whatever it is, empower each other because it goes a lot further. You don't know who knows who, who knows what, et cetera. And this is a perfect example. So what if, what if, you know, God forbid I ever said something negative about you. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just saying, Hey, it's yeah, a perfect yeah. example. This client comes to you and then you're like, Oh gosh, Mr. Gratitude, that guy's a jackass. Like, you know, like, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I do. And and I think, you know, even in like in the therapy world and specifically the sex therapy world, there is sort of a relatively small number of people in the big picture of the of the world we live in that do this work. And so we all do kind of know each other, you know, or at least know of each other. And I think even like on platforms, on social media, you know, it seems like people that are similar, kind of like-minded in, in their approach, we all kind of know who the other ones are, you know, and maybe we don't know every single person, but I do think that, yeah, like that kindness goes a long way. And I go back to those four agreements of, you know, Great the fourth, right? The fourth one, like, do your best and give other people the same benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't know anybody that wakes up and thinks I'd like to really suck today. Let me do that. Right. Oh, there is, like, there is though. There I know, is. I yeah. know, but for, the, for what we're dealing with for the most right. part, I do think right. that there are some people that might have that intention, but then if right. I look at that and I go, wow, that's their best, their best is to wake up and be a troll to mess with somebody else, man, yeah. like how sad that must be, you know? And then I, I try to, you know, extend some level of just compassion of like, wow, if that is your reality and your existence, and you've got nothing better to do than try and tear someone else down, that makes me sad for you because there is so much more Hugs. to life than that. Hugs. <laughs> right, it's, exactly. It's that it's that toxic fear syndrome. It's it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that book behind you. I see that book of gratitude. Yep. Yep. This yep. one. Book yep. of gratitude. This- Yep. It actually, it's really cool. It's one that I use when I do my 30 days of gratitude challenges Yeah, and it goes through some really in like this little bitty book, a lot of really helpful information about why gratitude is so powerful, oh, it's so the way powerful. that it operates in the brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gratitude brings abundance. The more I tell my clients, I tell everybody gratitude brings abundance. The more gratitude you have, the less and less and less your problems become. And you realize that you're in such a good place. Mm-hmm. You're in such a good place. So yeah. Yep. 
Well, I wanted, I wanted to lean in some of the topics just rambling in my head that I had for you um, that I, I personally more on a spiritual level have struggled with lately. And I know so many people do is, is self-pleasure and being alone, you know, um, for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to chuckle at this. And I know some of the audience is going to laugh. I'm, I'm against porn. I'm not really a fan of porn just because of the dark energy behind it. It delivers way too much dopamine to the brain. And it's just not a healthy way for self-pleasure. I say that because for the first time in, oh my gosh, probably 15 years, I went to the adult toy store from my house recently. Right. Right. I was so almost embarrassed to like walk in there because it's been so long since I looked mm-hmm. at self-pleasure toys mm-hmm. and I'm literally like, cause they required a mask, of course. So I go in there right. with a mask and I'm chuckling under my mask. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I just, can I just love the fact for a second that you're also normalizing men using self-pleasure toys, because there are so many of them that exist on the market, but there's all of this sort of uncomfortability around it that even sometimes when I will bring it up as a suggestion to clients, for whatever reason, there is often more resistance from men than I get from women, which is it is. It's yeah. an ego thing or, you know, yeah. when it's new, when you've never even thought of it as a thing. And then all right. of a sudden I'm asking you to, you know, think about it differently. It can be a bit uncomfortable, you know, but I get people to lean into that. So I just love the fact that you're putting that positive message out there that not only is pleasure a good thing, but seeking assistance in that pleasure for men and women is also okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought it up. Cause I know my audience of men is starting to grow. I think we talked about that last time. Now, now my analytics, um, at least on TikTok, I don't know, I, and I believe on my podcast as well, is around 81% female and the rest are male. So okay. yay, my male audience is growing, yeah. but I, I want my men to really be in tune with that. And there's nothing wrong with self-pleasure. You don't have to have a revolving door of women for one. It's going to save you the soul ties. It's going to save you potential risk of STD and STI. And being in tune and letting that ego go for self-pleasure. Like here I am, this, you know, uh, social media personality, this podcaster, um, making myself vulnerable day in and day out. I did it. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm about is in my power as they come. I walked in there and I had fun with it. Good. I'm like, so happy. Like it makes me proud for you, like of you and for you, like, yay. You know, it, it, it's, it is humorous. You have to have humor. And yeah. so <laughs> I'm going to share the full story because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, go for it. So I'm, I'm walking through and, and this girl comes up to me super young. I'm going to guess she's early 20s. I'm 41. Mm-hmm. So she comes in and I'm chuckling and she's like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, I got to be honest. Like, this is the first time I've been in a store like this in like 15 years. I don't, I just, and she starts, she's, she goes about her bit, like what she's supposed to do. And she's yeah, like, yeah. well, this is this, and this is this. And I'm, right. rolling. I'm just rolling. And so I, for my dudes, just have fun with it. Like it's, and, and I ended up, um, I'm going to, I'm going to blush right now, but I ended up finding myself a, uh, like a sleeve for, yeah. for masturbation. You know, I found sure. myself a sleeve and it, and it, and it does help, but mm-hmm. even then I am more in tune with my physical touch mm-hmm. than I am with a toy. And that could just be a psychological for me, um, not being used to it. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that like, uh, maybe it's just like a psychological thing for myself or. 
It could be, but I will say there are, you know, not a small number of people that will sometimes come back and report that they really just do prefer the actual physical touch of skin on skin contact. And whether that be with a partner or with themselves, that for some people, the toy element just really isn't maybe the end all be all where there's just as many people that might come back and say, man, that was like the greatest experience ever. And so I do think that sometimes having some consistency and maybe playing around, maybe trying a few different things or, you know, seeing what, uh, what new heights you can take yourself to, so to speak, with the toys is worth trying and kind of changing it up. But yeah. there's absolutely nothing wrong with somebody saying, you know, just the standard me and myself is good to go, you know. But I think just giving yourself permission to step outside of your comfort zone and to go into a store like that with the intention to try something new is also important. It's like I like to get people to think about like dating themselves, you know, like 100%. what would it be like for you to think of it rather than just like a maintenance. I'm going to do this, have an orgasm, and then, you know, just kind of go on about my day to maybe make it a bit more special. So whether that is through the use of a toy or maybe just setting the mood with yourself or just being very connected to your energy and what you're wanting to experience and what you're wanting to feel, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it makes total sense. And that's why I ask, you know, when I, I ask these questions for relating purposes, because I want the audience, you know, I'm very engaging. Like I love to engage. And so I want the audience to go, yeah, okay. You know, or, or e even women listening, it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I can go in and do this, but for me, physical touch is my love language. So I think even for myself, I get more pleasure out of my own touch than, right. than, than anything else. So it makes total sense. I will say too, that if I am working with someone that's maybe feeling like they're, they're not maybe real energized by the physical touch aspect, or maybe they're struggling with some desire, things like that, we might even encourage, you know, the use of toys or even things that potentially vibrate or things that sort of stimulate more right. as a way to maybe get reconnected or reoriented with that pleasure center. There's a balance with everything. And I realize you're not a porn guy and I respect the hell out of that. I'm, I'm not necessarily for or against it. I, I can see the benefit of it for some people, but I can also see the detractors of it in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. I like to joke sometimes that as a, as a sex therapist and all of the trainings I've gone through, I've seen more porn than most people I know. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it is, so I get it, you know, like there's definitely like a, you know, once you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all on some level. And it's like, there's sort of a formula to it. And it, I think sometimes comes across as maybe not not reality like at all. So I think there's a lot of pitfalls, but I, you know, I think even that can sometimes be a tool that even some couples will find to oh, use yeah. together, which is yeah. a beneficial thing. Right. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there that like, I, you know, I, I think it's great that you can be so firm and like, this is what's good for me. This is what works. And Boundaries. I like yeah, right. And I like the fact that you'll just say like, hey, you do you, I'm going to tell you what I am and why, right? Like you kind of back it up with your own knowledge and experience. And I think that's what gives you the credibility if somebody wants to say, well, what gives you the right? Well, because I live it, I breathe it, I do it every day. I live by my own values. I'm not saying one thing and doing another. It's like, I am what I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, and I, awesome. and it's hard to say that kind of off topic, but it's hard to say that when you know, you, I don't want to be a prideful person and I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky, but I always throw in there, you know, I don't have some of the top psychologists and some of the top therapists in the country coming to me, helping them through a divorce or a breakup. If I didn't know what I was talking about and I didn't know what I was doing, 
And I love, I love to be able to say that, like, look at you, you're a professional in your field. You're great at what you do. And you like, like you love working with me and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like it may be that sort of the bridge that needs to be there. Cause I do know there are, there are even some therapists that don't love the fact that coaches are even a thing. And then there's people like myself that I feel like I kind of do a mixture of both. You know, it's like, you always get access to my therapy brain, but I am really more of a coach at my core because I'm very action oriented and let's make a plan and let's be treatment focused. And, yeah. you know, and, and if you, want to meet with me forever. Okay, fine. We'll make that happen. But I try to get people to realize that they can take the power back and sort of be on a journey with themselves, you know? And I think that is why I, I enjoy connecting with people across industries because we don't have to be against each other. I like to remind everybody success is not pie. There is not a finite amount to go around. We all can succeed and we're going to succeed more if we all support each other, because you're going to have skills that I may not have. I may have skills that someone else doesn't have. And if we can all collaborate together, wouldn't that benefit all of us in the long run? I think so. 100%. And, and that's why we get it. And that's exactly. why we click. Exactly. Um, so going back to the lecture at hand really quick on yeah. my, on, on the female side. Mm -hmm. So I, and I think we talked about this before about how I don't get too far in depth on the sexual aspect because it doesn't come up in my sessions too often, but mm -hmm. I do address it. Um, one thing I get for females and, and I'm, I'm trying to play back in my head previous episodes here is a lot of women engage in love vibrators. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also, you know, on the, on the dildo aspect as well, but my question is this, and what I believe in from my experience is a lot of women are not in tune with how sensitive the clitoral region is. And a lot of times what happens is that overstimulation and it, and it makes a lot, not all, I'll never use a blanket statement, but okay. it makes a lot of women harder to connect and harder to orgasm because they desensitize that region. Um, and whether they're in a straight relationship or a gay relationship, whatever that fact might be. What are your thoughts on that? What is your experience? I mean, so yes, there, there is the potential that if you overuse something that vibrates at a really high speed, it, it can temporarily desensitize. And I, and I use that word temporarily because it's not a forever thing. And Great it's word. one of the things that if you are noticing that you're not as able to like connect with a partner or, you know, if you do change it up, all of a sudden you can't reach orgasm. The best sort of antidote to that desensitization is to sort of resensitize yourself by not putting expectations that, okay, if I've been using a vibrator, now I'm going to use my hand. And if my expectation is that I'm going to go from one to the other and have the same experience, I'm likely to be let down and feel frustrated. Yeah. So it's more about re-exploration and trying to have a wide range of sensations that can be pleasurable. And so this is why, like, I know a lot of people have like maybe a favorite toy or a favorite vibrator or a favorite dildo or whatever it may be, you know, change it up every now and then. Don't always feel like you have to use the same input or the same touching to get that outcome. That's going to give you your best, like, overall experience, because then you're not going to just be only responsive to one stimulus. You're going to have a lot of different things that can get you a level of pleasure. And you're not only tying the process with like an expectation outcome. What if instead of looking at, let me do this to get off, can I do this for pleasure, which then leads me to the path of getting off? Like there's oh, like the a, 
Yeah. 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 Like rather than seeing it transactional like that, like, oh, I do this, I have an orgasm, I go on about my day. And I realize sometimes, you know, when we think about masturbatory play versus like partnered play, it's not always about the experience from the self perspective. Sometimes it is more of a maintenance thing or it's more of a, you know, some people engage in masturbation for self care. Some yeah. people do it yeah. for, you know, just the, the release that it gives them. They can focus better in their day. There's lots of reasons, right? So it doesn't mean that every experience needs to be like a three hour, you know, marathon, a three but, hour tour, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Like doesn't have to be that, but I really do encourage people to almost like imagine setting the erotic mood with themselves so that when they are with a partner, it's easier to sort of be connected to the process and less on the outcome, or at least so the outcome is not the primary focus. Right. Right, 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 right. Okay. So with that said, here's one that I wanted to tie in there is a lot of people are afraid to introduce that to their partner. A lot of people are afraid to say, Hey, like I, I enjoy my intimacy with you. I love my intimacy with you, but can we, I like toys sometimes. Are you okay with that? Can you use a toy on me? What are your, what do you typically, you know, how do how do, how do you tell somebody to introduce that? I mean, I have my answer, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we go back to that ego thing you mentioned previously. When I do hear, you know, someone having resistance, I would say nine out of 10 times the resistance to introducing toys, someone feels either they're going to be replaced by it, they feel in competition with it, or they feel like they're lacking in some way. And now their partner right. like, quote, needs it in order to enjoy it. And so the way I try to reframe it with clients is to look at it as an enhancement to an already great foundation. Boom. That if, if you could expand your sexual experience so that, hey, maybe not just the, the intercourse or the oral sex or the, you know, the, the manual stimulation with fingers, like if, if we could add like another thing to the toolbox, wouldn't that just make both people enjoy more pleasure? And so that is where we might talk about, you know, just like if someone doesn't like what their partner is doing or wants them to do it in a different way, they might give some instruction. Having a partner use a toy you know, on someone that that's a good way to introduce it. But a lot of times I recommend not springing it on the person in the moment. <laughs> you need to have some conversation beforehand oh. where you're having some flirtatious or maybe you're like, hey, you know, I saw a video or I, you know, I read an article or I listened to a podcast and they were talking about using toys as a benefit to your relationship. Would you ever be right. open to that? Right. You know, and you sort of bring it into conversation. I find that what tends to cause a lot of struggles for the clients I'll see is that sometimes they wait till they're about to be in the moment or they're in the moment and they just like pull something out of the nightstand drawer <laughs> and the partner's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. Wait a right. minute. This is freaking me out. It can you know, be. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very overwhelming. So I recommend having the, the initial like introductory conversation in a non-sexual moment and then seeing what the comfort level is and making space. I talk a lot about the importance of courageous conversation and active listening, Love making it. space to actually you know, have that conversation so that both people have a voice and it's not shutting it down and making it feel like someone's lacking or missing something. Right. That's excellent. Thank you. That, You're that, welcome. You're that, welcome. Yeah that, yeah, that was an excellent intro there. 
great. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when people ask me like, what do you do as a sex therapist? Yes. I talk about sexual functioning, but <laughs> I really help people learn how to talk about what they do and don't want from a sexual perspective. So important. Because nobody's talking about it and everybody's doing it. And it's kind of yeah. like, we, we got to have both. We got to talk and do, we can't just do one or the other, you know? Well, and, and that I always say segue or leans into my next, you know, the bells that are going off in my head is how intimacy, sex, physical can cloud the true foundation of a relationship and can cloud courtship and true intimacy. Because you and I both know that physical intimacy, it's great, but nothing is greater than true soul to soul intimacy. And you can't achieve that through sex only. So in, in, and I try and teach that and preach that not only from a spiritual standpoint, but just from who we are as humans, that if you don't focus on the right things to begin with, the intimacy is never going to be what it could be because mm-hmm. we can, I mean, I'm just going to say the word, we can have dirty, raunchy sex with anybody we want, sure. but you know what I mean? But I don't mm-hmm. think people have so gotten away from true intimacy. And I try and introduce that when I'm having you know conversations with clients. And again, it's hard to do in social media because you don't want to be a violator, but um, <laughs> what, where, where's your standpoint on that? And then also too, we didn't do it in the beginning. I want to do it now. Give, as you're going to that standpoint, kind of go a little bit into your background as well, please. Cause I want the audience to know how fantastic you are. <laughs> oh, well, you're sweet. Yeah, I am. So I am a licensed professional counselor. I am a certified sex therapist. I have a few other certifications related to relationships and trauma and things of that nature have been in private practice for going on 15 years now. And really for about the last five of those, been working a lot more in doing online relationship and individual coaching. Um, I have a few relationship workshops that are going to be relaunching over the next month or so, which will allow people a way to kind of go through things at their own pace and then have the option to work with me one-on-one if they need further assistance, trying to have affordability at all levels, you know, for people to take part and and hopefully get some benefit. Um, But uh, yeah, over the last probably 10 years or so, been started doing a lot of media stuff and, you know, so when podcasting became a thing that everybody was doing, I'm like, yes, I want to be on all of the podcasts. Let's make that yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. So I am again, grateful for being on here. Um, and if people are more interested about, you know, reading about anything I've got going on, go to lindsaywalden.com. There's a free relationship communication guide you can download where I talk more about like my best practices for that. And it's also a way for you to kind of follow along with blogs that I write and my own podcast, if you're curious and hearing more, but awesome. Um, when going into the idea of like intimacy versus sex and what that looks like, um, one of the ways, and I'm not sure who for, who first coined this, I can't take credit for it, although I share it because I think it's awesome. The word intimacy, if you were to break it into pieces and you spell it as into me see, the idea that you know, when you're connecting with someone, the physical aspect of sex is very, you know, the biological side of it, we'll say. It's like, for the most part, unless you're having a dysfunctional problem that needs to be addressed or something medical that's in the way, you touch genitals, they do what they do, right? They respond, they act accordingly for the most part. And I'm talking in very general terms. I realize that not everyone is maybe at ease with it like that, okay? But just from a biologic perspective, When we input the element of intimacy, which is really something that sets us apart from other animals in this animal kingdom that we're a part of, um, 
there's a lot of emotion and connecting and communication and all sorts of past experiences, good and bad, that get sort of peppered in there. And we have to figure out how to sort through all of that so that when we are connecting with our partner or the person that we're choosing to connect with in that moment, that we're, we're doing it from a place of authenticity, that mm. we're doing it from a very vulnerable place where we're showing ourselves to the other person in a way that allows us to kind of share that energy and connect. And yeah. we're doing it where both people's needs matter for whatever reason. And I think it's because we live in a relatively uh, over-sexualized society that's like terrified to talk about sex. We get very hyper genitally focused where it's like, you know, okay, well, we're going to be sexual. Let's touch genitals. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. We, we miss a whole lot. Right. Yeah. And I think that's also where a lot of frustration comes in because we know that in a, in a heterosexual dynamic, the average length of time it takes for a man to sort of go from the beginning of a sexual experience to orgasm is about five minutes at the yeah. long side of the three average. To three to five right? minutes. Yeah. Right. For women. But I'm much longer. I'm like 45 a, minutes to an hour, but don't tell anybody. Okay, good for you. Okay, good for you. I won't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. Um, but for women, uh, it's more like 18 to 22 minutes right. in on average. So we're yeah. talking about there's some people that are much longer than that, right? So even if we were to start at the same point and just hit the average, there's still going to be like a 13, 14 minute differential there of one person being good to go and the other person kind of being like, wait a minute, I'm just getting started, you know? So I think there's, there's definitely that element that has to be figured out. Like, okay, is there a way to like sort of you know, stack the front end of this experience with more foreplay so that everybody's starting at about the same point, or, you know, maybe instead of letting that cycle continue and finish in three to five minutes, maybe we stop and change positions a few times, or maybe we do other activities, or we just take a little bit of a break so that it doesn't, it doesn't end too quickly for our, our happiness level in that moment, you know, whatever it is we're going for. Um, And I think this is why it's important to be able to talk about it, because, if you never actually have a conversation about, hey, I really don't like this and I really like this and I'd like to do more of this. And hey, you know that one thing, that's not my favorite, but if you really want that, I'll be, I'll be willing to do it every now and then. Those are the types of conversations that we need to be having. 100%. And we just aren't. <laughs> we just aren't having them, you know? And so I spend a lot of time getting couples to really open up to each other and just really share from a deep level what their own experiences have been what they want to, you know, have more of, what they'd like to have less of, how they could feel more connected. Yeah, you have to, you, you 100% have to, that was a, a great way to, to put it. I, I mean, there, there's, it really is. And, and, and for me, I always, I always revert back to me because everybody wants to be related to, everybody wants to know that the person speaking can connect with them. Otherwise, it's like, I can't listen to you because I can't relate. I can't connect. So I share that because if I start dating somebody and I start connecting with somebody, I get rid of the sexual conversations real quick. And I put it out there. Hey, I'm extremely sexual with an intense sex drive. You know, if I'm in a relationship with you, I need it two to three times a day. And I don't use the word need. I'm just being humorous. Um, But I'm just putting that out there because if you can't have those conversations and the things that you're into, we talked about it before, how I'm into the female ejaculation, the the whole squirting thing. If Mm -hmm. somebody isn't on board with you sexually, you you can't, you can't force them. And and there are people that may be open-minded to saying, Hey, you know, you are very strong graceful leader, you know, of a man, I might allow you to do that. Right. 
but it also comes down to the disease part. That part freaks me out. I've mm -hmm. never in my life, I'm going to knock on my desk right here, never in my life had any kind of STD or anything like that. That's I've always awesome. been, That's right? awesome. well, yeah, I've always been safe and smart, but here's the mm -hmm. thing. People have a hard time having those conversations. I always ask, I said, look, I don't care how many people you've been with in your life. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not mm -hmm. judgmental. But what matters to me is if I fall in love with you and we get in a relationship, am I going to have to worry about something from your past haunting both of us? Are you STD free? Are you herpes free? And there's a lot of miseducation about herpes because yeah. people think that, oh, I'm going to wear a condom and I'm not going to get herpes. No, you need to ask. Mm -hmm. if said person has herpes because it's still skin to skin contact and you can contract herpes a lot of you'd be surprised Lindsay yeah. how many people don't know that I know uh, I know yeah. and you can get it on other parts of the body than just the genitals and the mouth I mean you can get you can get fever blister sores on all different parts of the body it's really about where that virus is you know connected to right. skin right ask and the questions ask the questions and if somebody gets defensive and can't answer that question they're not your person they're not your person because any yeah. mature adult is going to say oh yeah gosh that's a great question no I've, I've never had anything no you don't have to worry i'm clean i get tested i don't have herpes and because i've had women tell me that like yeah i do i'm like whoo thank goodness like you were i, right. res I respect you for telling me because yeah yeah so yeah. And, you know, like I have a, I have a friend that um, you know, we've, we've had this conversation about, you know, how to have that conversation with a potential partner and, you know, he's always very upfront and he just tells someone, look, I was exposed to this and he even tell him the year. He's like, I was exposed to this. I'm on medication yeah. for it. I, you know, it, it, I don't have flare ups, but I want you to be aware of what you're signing up for, you know, and, and I, I, we were having a conversation and I was like that I can really respect that, you know, because that's you just being really forthcoming with the information and letting someone know what they're signing up for, because you're right. It, it's harder to have those conversations, not that you shouldn't, but it's harder to, once you've already kind of established a connection and feelings, and there's a lot there. And so this is that like, really fine line because I'll have people that want to argue with me and they want to say, you know, no, 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 I shouldn't say all of these things at the early stages. And I'm like, yes, 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 you should. Because yeah. if you're not putting out the truth of who you are from the beginning, what happens in six months when you can't keep up that facade anymore? What happens when you, that new relationship energy kind of burns off and now you're stuck looking at somebody going, do I even like this person? Like, right. And, and I can't keep up that, you know, that, that, whatever, that level of, of, you know, where That's I started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, I'll, I'll just use me as an example, like, and it's not relational, but kind of like we started this, you're like, Hey, can I record the video? And I'm like, Oh dear Lord, I look like a hot mess today, but you know what, but, <laughs> this is me, but, but this is me being very, you know, like authentic and like, I am who I am. And if you follow me, some days I look put together. Other days, not so much because I got shit to do. But you're <laughs> right? real. That's all that matters. And I don't know what to tell you. Like I've been moving crap out of my office all day. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I live with integrity. I do what I do. There you go. But that makes some people uncomfortable. It's Your level of authenticity can make other people uncomfortable. And it took it me a time. really long time to realize that. It really yeah. did.
Yeah, that's... I used to be like, why don't these people like me? I just want to be their friend. And I had a therapist reflect it back to me and say, because you're just you and you're not trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And they don't know how to handle that because they don't know how to just be them. And I'm like, oh, see, I never thought about it like that before. But the same is true in relationships. If you show up, I'm not saying air all your dirty laundry and talk about your cousin's brother, uncle, whoever that no. you had a fight with last Thanksgiving. I'm not saying do that. Okay. But don't hide the truth of who you are because you deserve to be with somebody that wants to be with you the way that you are. Yep. And if they don't want that, that doesn't diminish your value or your worth, but it also doesn't mean that you should lower your standards for someone that doesn't see your value. Yeah, that's that's why about 10 years ago, I coined, you can never say the wrong thing to the right person. And that's yeah. why most of my audience knows, Mr. Gratitude, you can never say the wrong thing to the right person. There you go. It's it's so true. It's so true. You know, and if you live by that, you don't have to worry about validation and judgment ever again in your mm -hmm. life. So and all of this does circle back to the sexual aspect because if you are vulnerable and authentic with who you are and how you show up just in conversating with someone, that translates into bedroom time. Right. Because if you're comfortable in one area, usually you're comfortable in another. Right. Now I say usually because there are definitely, you know, traumas and things that we've all gone through that maybe get in the way from time to time. But if you've already established that you are who you are and you're gonna say what you mean and mean what you say and you wanna have the those deep levels of connecting conversation, then those bedroom conversations, even if they are a bit tougher, or if you've had some stuff that is difficult for you to talk about, you're going to feel like a safer connection to share it rather than waiting till that moment. And then you freak out and you shut down and you don't even have the words to tell the person what's going on because you've not established that connection already. Well, I have as you're saying that, I have two kind of hot topics I want to get into, and we're going to close us out with these two questions here. Okay. So the first one that I want to throw out there, and this goes to, and again, I, I swear we talked about this before, but it's such a hot topic. I want to bring it up again. Sure. Rather, rather you are in a straight relationship or a gay relationship, I want to stress the fact of you touched base on this about men taking three to five minutes, women taking 13 to 18 minutes to actually climax and have that pleasure. Mm -hmm. I want to stress this so much that a woman's body is so just amazing in the way it was created that unlike men, unlike men, we really only have a few pleasure points. We really only do. Okay. Women, women have multiple, multiple areas of pleasure. It could be from their collarbone to their inner thigh to oral, whatever it is, please make sure that you are taking the time and being cognizant about that pleasure. Because I tell you this, if you make sure that your partner is taken care of, she's going to give you the world in bed as well. No, nobody likes a selfish man or woman. Nobody likes somebody that's selfish. And right. most people will be very reciprocal if you take care of them. People don't want to feel that they're inadequate. People don't want to feel that you are not taking and tending to their needs. Communicate with them make sure you're learning their pleasure points, ask them what they like. There's nothing wrong with that. Focus on that and you will have the world in bed. I promise you. I promise you. Lindsay. I could get, I could get behind that. Really? Okay. I mean, I think you're onto something. I don't know if I can guarantee it, but I can say that that's <laughs> 
that's going to put you on the path to success, though. It really is because, you know, I think that that's that tends to be what happens is that when people do show up to talk with me or, you know, now virtually one because I moved everything online. But, you know, when we start having those conversations, oftentimes that really is what it comes down to is like, you know, well, I've asked them a million times to please do this differently and they still do it the way they want to do it. And I've even had, you know, I've had people look at me and go, well, my last partner liked it that way. That's your last partner. That doesn't have anything to do with right now, you know, and, or, you know, like sometimes they'll say like, well, I just, you know, I, I don't really know how to do it that way. This is what I know. And I'm like, okay, well, did you communicate that? Yeah. Did you, did you say, Hey, look, I don't know if I'm as comfortable with that yet, but I'll try, or are you just doing whatever you want? And you're right though. It's like the more that you are a giving person in all aspects, specifically right now, though, in the bedrooms aspect of the relationship, the more that's going to show up in other ways, you know, totally. And yeah, you know, it's like nobody wants to be with a partner that's just obligatorily laying there and doing, you know, like this bare minimum to sort of get by. And no one wants to feel like they're just being sort of like, you know, I used to call it like interactive masturbation. It's like, okay, if you're in it to just get off, go do that yourself. If you're in it to connect with someone, then don't don't make it about how quickly you can get what you want and who cares if they get there or not. That's not fair to anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 All right. Last one. Since we talked about all the fun stuff and all the fluff, fluff, woo woo. Now we're going to get into something more serious and somewhat, somewhat dark, but it needs to be addressed because I do get this question. So I do get clients that come to me from Uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse or molestation Mm -hmm. coming out of that. It's, it's very hard for an individual to reconnect not only with their sexuality, but how to even express Mm themselves. What, when, when somebody comes to you and says, you know, Lindsay, I was raped or this had happened to me. What is, how do you open up and tell them, okay, this, these are ways to express yourself after that trauma. Mm-hmm. So what we look at is, and it, it's very layered, right? And I'll actually, I'll, I'll share a little bit about me and just say that my original reason for becoming a therapist was that I had exactly what you just described and took me the better part of four or five years to actually put words around what had happened to me. And I didn't have a cognition of around like, okay, what happened? How do I process this? What do I do now? So I I use a lot of my own journey when I help clients, because I feel like if they know that I've gone through it, sometimes it helps them to know that it is possible to come out the other side and almost like reclaiming your sexuality. But what I, what we have to go to first is have there been, you know, levels of healing that we have worked towards because pushing it down and not dealing with it, it doesn't go anywhere. It sits beneath the surface and it festers. So if someone is really truly at that point where they haven't even talked about it, then the very first step is going to be getting comfortable talking about it, be that with a therapist, a coach, someone that you trust in your life that you're able to really start processing the reality of what happened. And I can tell you that we know that the statistics say one in four women have experience some form of, you know, uh, physical violence or abuse, specifically sexual in a relationship, my data from working with clients would say it's probably more than that. It's probably more like one in two. It could be all women to some experience that have had some process where they felt unsafe. It may not be to that full extreme of what we're talking about right now, but I think we all have some general understanding of what that's like. 
So the first step is going to be giving yourself time to heal and process what happened. You're not ever going to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. And one of the big keys that I remember sort of taking away from a book that I read and then kind of putting my own spin on it is that sex is an act of love. It's an act of connecting. Rape is an act of violence. It is not an act of sex. It's not an, I mean, it uses the organs of sex, but it's not an act that is intent on pleasure. It is actually an act about violence and control and power. And so we have to sort of disconnect those things where if we're, if we're wanting to say like, oh, I had this sexual experience. No, you had a violent experience. You had something traumatic happen to you right. that you need to be able to heal from and recognize and process and give your yourself whatever time and healing you need to do that and doing that with someone that is skilled at working with trauma is going to be the very first thing that I would suggest moving from there it's about learning how to express some piece of your story to a partner or a potential partner so that you know that they're a safe individual for you to interact with again totally. this doesn't mean sitting down and giving them your entire life story or yeah. even recounting details you know i had someone ask me and i want to be very clear well i was telling someone the details of what happened and it turned Oof. them on nope that's a red flag we're Oof. not going to even entertain that as a this is not someone that we should talk to that, right this like, literally no. made my skin crawl Right. Mine, I got chills when I said it. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I understand that, you know, when, when that violation has happened, it does rock you to the core of who you are and really make you question a lot of things. And so part of it is about learning how to reclaim your sexuality, or if that was like your, your first experience of something that, you know, you don't know how to process being able to say, okay, if I could script what I want it to be, what would that look like? If I could have the, the interaction with someone that maybe I envisioned prior to having this assault or this rape or this violence happen to me, what would that look like? Is there a way for me to engage in small baby steps to allow me to feel safe and secure in those right. moments? Right. Kind of going back to that, what was your thing? You can't say the wrong thing. Never to the right say person. the wrong thing to the right okay. person. So if you say to someone, look, I need you to know something about me. And this has become something that when I was going through my own dating experience before I met my, my, my spouse now, I would just tell people, I'm like, look, I don't want to dwell on this. I'm not looking to, you know, give you a play-by-play -play of anything, but I do need you to know that sometimes I might have some strange reactions to things, or there might be certain elements of physical touch that I react weirdly to. And I just need you to know why. Yeah. And if you have questions, I'll answer them. I'm, I, I've, I've done enough healing work that I'm happy to answer them. But I also need you to know that dates that are related to what I went through are going to be hard for me. That doesn't necessarily go away just because it happened 21 years ago. Yeah, that's right. Real. Like, yeah. It is what it is in that regard. So I think it's about having a very practical approach to it where we say, okay, this happened. We can't undo that it happened, but we don't have to let that person that perpetrated that violence have power over us now. And the best revenge is living well. The ability for you to reclaim your life and to know that you deserve that happiness. You deserve a partner that loves you. You deserve to be treated well. And if someone is not willing, able, or ready to treat you well, then they are not for you. 100%. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I would say as a starting point. Definitely get some healing. Know that it's going to take some time, but also know that you don't have to live as a victim. You can live yeah. as a survivor, but it takes some time to reframe that. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's what I teach and, and consult as well is 
Good. I'm the guy that's going to say, Hey, it's okay in this moment to not be okay. Say hi to that emotion. Don't sleep with it. Say hi to it, work through it, push it out, but don't let it sleep with you. It's just, you know, because when we marinate on those things, it's never, ever good, but it's also never, ever good to ignore it and brush it under like you're perfect and you're fine because you're not. Yeah. And I think it like on that same kind of vein of thinking, you know, not fusing with it and not feeling like you are what happened to you. That is one element of your story. And there are ways to heal from it. And even in some cases, use it for really awesome things. Maybe you never want to go on a podcast and share your experience. That's okay. I'm not suggesting everyone wants to do that. But there are other people that can benefit from your own healing, even if they know nothing about your story, just the fact that you are willing to courageously live your life in spite of those things is actually a really healing thing as well. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Well, I, I, we, we could banter forever, but we, could. We, we, we are, we are at the end here. It has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you again. And before we get out of here though, I've got, I've kind of layered things differently. I used to do, if you remember, I used to do all of my business part near the end but I did it in the beginning. Now I have, uh, I have my, everything's in the beginning. Okay. But, so I like that you mix it in and we kind of said, you know, in the middle, Hey, then my name's Lindsay. This is what I do. But as we end, can you please one more time, let everybody know if they want a session with you, if they want to find you on social media, and if you have any like charity work or anything like that, you're working on, go ahead and pop that off right now. Absolutely. So I do support an organization called Safe Connections. They are a domestic abuse and sexual violence center for women and children. They also have a um, a hotline for anyone that's having issues that they can reach out to. I don't know if the information is on my website right now as it's under construction. Feel free to message me. I'll get you the info if you need it. And they are a nonprofit. That being said, though, yes, you can go to my website, lindsaywalden.com, find all of the things, past blog posts, past podcast episodes. You can find my podcast, Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay, on iTunes. A new episode drops every Thursday at 2 p.m. The blog comes out Mondays at 4 p.m. That's central time, just so you know. If you do want to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, at Lindsay Walden Consulting. On Instagram and TikTok, it's at This Is Lindsay Walden. On Pinterest, I'm Therapy Thoughts. And most recently I've been on clubhouse at lindsay.walden. So you can connect with me any of those places. And I am always happy to answer questions. All of the info about the packages to work with me one-on-one are also on my website. Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. All right, friends. Well, you know what to do. Make sure that you download, subscribe to this podcast. Of course, if you love me, which I hope you do, make sure you're living five stars because it helps make this show even more fantastic. I made this announcement before. I'm going to do it one more time. Don't forget about my private Facebook community. Why I'm sharing that is because I did change it up. I spoke to my people. We were going to do recurring monthly, but we're doing one time, one time enrollment for the rest of 2021. It's not recurring. Take advantage of that. It's only 25 bucks and you get coaching from me. You get exclusive classes each and every month, 25 bucks. You can't beat it. And if you want a session with me, you know where to find me. The link is in my bio on my TikTok. It's in my Instagram. It's on my YouTube. If you want to book a session, make sure you're doing that. With that said, stay tuned for next week's episode. And until the next time, stay blessed.